You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. You, you feel this, this nervousness on the phone there? Sir, I've been trying to make an urgent phone call up there. Well, I don't think it's something I want to do on an overseas phone. You got to make some phone calls. Hang up the phone. Prank caller. Prank caller. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to Packernet After Dark. This is the call-in show of the Packernet Podcast Network. If you'd like to call in, if you'd like to participate in the show, please feel free to do so. The number here is 608-501-0718. New callers go directly to the front of the line. We don't have any new callers today, so we're going to kick it off with Daniel from California. Hey, Ryan. I was at, you know, I was just thinking about the state of the NFC North and you know, going into the offseason, I was pretty worried because it seemed like the Lions had it all together, right? They were making good decisions. The Bears were committed to the teardown. And the Vikings, they were uh, positioning to start, you know, making good good moves and just uh, figure out which way they were going to go. And the Lions, they uh, they broke away from the solid plan of building. They, you know, they got non-premium assets with premium picks. Uh, Ryan Poles is using not, you know, getting non-premium assets with premium capital, right. and then you have the Vikings that don't know uh, which guys to keep and which guys to... Like, I, I was worried, man. I'm just so happy. Yeah. Like, these guys are making... You know, I can see, like, they, there was some confident thought going on last year, but these guys, they're not consistent. They don't have a organization. They don't have a culture of and commitment of doing things the right way like the Packers do. And that's why, even if Jordan Love fails, I still foresee him getting on top because they're not committed to it like us. Those are my thoughts. So, Pat, go. Yeah, I mean, I, I think the NFC North is kind of a mess. Um, like you said, the, the Lions were headed on a great trajectory, and it, it just it feels like a plateau. We'll see. Maybe they catapult themselves into the playoffs this year, or maybe they completely fall off. I don't know. But <clears throat> I've been spending the last couple of years kind of sitting in admiration of the moves that they've made, feeling like they're doing things the right way in the right direction and everything. And, and this year is the first year that it's like, nah, I just I don't think you're really um, doing the best that you possibly can. You know, Bears, same thing. They had all this money and, you know, all offseason talking about how they're going to get 
premium guys like Elton Jenkins and all these just top-tier assets, pass rushers, offensive linemen, and they got none of them. Instead of getting like a top 10 defensive tackle like they thought they were going to get, they got a top 35 wide receiver. And that's the big acquisition, and that's the big thing we're all supposed to just bow down to the Bears for now. And the Vikings, they seem like they're just not fully committed one way or another. They're they're kind of in this like minor rebuild, you know, but they also don't want to fully commit to it. You know, we're going to hold on to, you know, they're, they're still trying to hold on to Daniil Hunter, it sounds like. They're trying to find a way to keep him there. Um, they're holding on to Cousins, who obviously is not, there's, there's really nothing that suggests that he's going to be a part of any of their planned runs. Um, it, it, it almost feels like a, a blend between what the Packers have been doing for years and what the Bears are doing with their teardown, which is the worst of, of both worlds. You don't want to be in between. You know, if you're going to do what the Packers are doing and say, look, we, we've got a window, let's capitalize on this window, fine, then capitalize. But you don't let anybody go. You hold on for dear life. You try to win until you realize the window's closed, and then you purge, and you move on. The Packers have done that, essentially, with a sort of, um, it's more of a pivot, because they've, they've already got everything pretty much in place, right? You look at this team compared to two years ago, and it's, it's a very different, especially offense, but all the pieces are in place. We got Jordan Love ready. We got Christian Watson. We got Romeo Dobbs. We got all these guys ready to rock and roll. So there's really no teardown aside from, you know, letting a handful of pieces walk out the door. I can't decide if the Vikings are trying to like give this one more shot or if it's like let's let's start the process of slowly tearing this down while also not completely tanking and and but again, that's the worst of of that's the worst option. Because Again, things happen quickly. If if you're taking two, three, four, five, six years to slowly rebuild a roster, you're never going to get anywhere because the turnover happens so fast. The new guys that you're acquiring are not going to be new guys anymore. They're going to be old guys. If you're going to do it, do it fast. Tear it all the way down and build it all the way back up as fast as you possibly can. Again, I'd, I'd like to give the Bears credit for doing that, but the bottom line is they were able to tear it down to the Bear studs really quickly because they pretty much had nothing but Bear studs to begin with. So I, I, yeah, I don't, I don't understand exactly what really anybody's doing. Um, the bears make the most sense. I just don't really, they've, they've just done a, a bad job of executing a good plan. Ryan, Kyle from Madison. Yo. I cannot let you beat smirch the names of the great candy bars, Almond Joy and Snickers without rebuttal. All right. You need to man up. And get some nuts in your candy bars, okay? You are soft <laughs> like Joe Barry's defense. Kyle out. I mean, it just doesn't make it taste better. You're at, it's like when you put corn in stuff. You're just making it taste worse. Like, when I have corn and mashed potatoes on my plate, I will mix them together because it's better that way. But the mashed potatoes got worse. The corn got better, the mashed potatoes got worse. Almonds don't make Mounds bars taste better. Peanuts don't make Milky Ways taste better. They don't. So I'd rather just make it better, remove those things, and, uh, you know, carry on. They're still good, right? Like mashed potatoes and corn. It's great. I enjoy it. But would I rather have mashed potatoes or mashed potatoes with corn mixed in? Just give me the mashed potatoes. What's going on, Ryan? It's Chris from Alabama. What's up, man? man? Uh... Man, I know it's been a, a, a nice little minute since I called in. Apologies for the absence. Uh, I actually been kind of like on the basketball side here for the last couple of months. 
uh, trying to follow my Lakers. I know you don't like basketball, so, you know. But that's where I've been at, kind of focusing over there. Uh, kind of got behind on podcasts and finally getting caught up, finally getting caught up with a little news. And, oh, uh, I think it was Dakota from Tennessee. I think that's who asked about me. I'm still ticking, man. I just been kind of on the other sport and kind of took a break from football. Now that OTA is starting and, and you know, we'll have mandatory mini camp coming up, training camp, preseason, all that good deal. I'm back on this side. But today I actually called in, and I know this part of your unpopular opinion. I know a couple folks had uh, some opinions on it. Uh, about the David Pacquiao comments about the rebuild and we're trying to clean it up and him just being basically being at OTA so he can get paid. <sighs> Man, I know this guy is a top tackle in the league and I know left tackles do not grow on trees. Man, my opinion on that is it just seems like he don't want to be here and it kind of seems to me that he might be saying this stuff to try to get out of town. I might be going a little bit on the extreme side with that, but it just seems like he's trying to get out of town. Right. But it, it just screams that I don't want to be here, but I'm going to come here because I'm getting paid type deal. And man, if, if, if I'm the Packers, bro, I hate to say it, man, they they, they should look into trading them. I mean, if you don't want to be here, we got a young team. It seems like the locker room is is a way better place now that Roberts is gone, a lot of guys are gone, all these young guys are basically, they seem like they amped up and they ready to go. And it's just like, I think Bakhtiari would bring that down. I mean, I know it's only one guy versus everybody else, but he's supposed to be a leader in the locker room. And that type of energy, man, they just need to go ahead and get rid of it now before it gets real, real bad. That's just my opinion. I know a lot of people probably don't agree with it, but that's just how I'm feeling, man. It's just if you if you get cancer before it grows, you can save it. But if you don't, it ultimately gets out of control, and then there's nothing you can do about it. So that was my thoughts, man. And I'll be calling in a whole lot more. I got a lot more uh, thoughts on things, and I'm just gonna break them up in the call, man. But go pack, go, man, and just let me know y'all thoughts. Well, I'm definitely glad you're back, Chris. Um... I, I get I get it. I'm actually surprised we're still getting as many calls as we are with the the dead season coming up, and I'm thinking it might start to taper. We'll see. But um, yeah, I, I mean it's it's around the corner. We've got another month to go, and then we've got training camp kicking off. So hang in there. But yeah, I mean we, we've we've talked about it a little bit um, with the David Bakhtiari thing, and I'm I'm pretty much on the same page. I think most of us are on the same page that that's not the ideal attitude that we want to have here. Um, I, I, I'm definitely worried about the cancerous nature of that. I, I think he's a short-term guy anyways. So, I, I mean, I think you begin the process of exploring trades now, not necessarily for this year because we're ready to go. And I think it could be pretty damaging to a locker room as well and, and their perception of you if you're shipping off guys like Bakhtiari. Even, you know, because even though he doesn't exactly have the best attitude, I think the guys in there probably generally like him. And if you're able to just ship him off, I wonder what people are going to think about that, some of the players and whatnot. So I think you wait until next year. You you say to them, look, you've got a $40.5 million cap hit. we got to figure out what to do. Are you willing, you know, 
come up with something unreasonable that he's going to say no to. You say, you know, will you, first of all, would you be open to a restructuring, which I don't know if you even want to necessarily do that, but he's been saying no to that in the past anyways. Would you be willing to a pay cut? He absolutely is going to say no to that. And that's when you start exploring trades. And you say to him, you know, would you be willing, would you be open to a trade? He, of course, is going to say yes, because he doesn't seem to have any real allegiance to Green Bay. And so then you start to look at it. And it looks like next year, um, if we're talking about a trade, the the team that would take on David Bakhtiari would take him on for about $21.5 million, which is almost exactly what we're paying for him this year. I think it's a perfectly reasonable um amount and and I think we could still get a ton back for that even though it seems like a really big number when you think about how good David Bakhtiari is imagine what teams would be willing to pay for a premier left tackle and so I I think I don't know if you get a first round pick for that he's going to be 33 years old and and you're already paying 21 and a half million for one year granted you could renegotiate and, and and extend him if you really wanted to I don't know if you want to but it's a it's a one year rental at 21 million but you absolutely could get some solid compensation. And of course, you know, I think Gutekunst has at the very least gotten us compensation that is at the top of, of the range of what we think is, is reasonable or expected. So I think that's the best of both worlds. And then, you know, if you really think about how good of a situation that is, we get, I mean, it's going to suck not having him next year, although I think you can kick Elton Jenkins out to to left tackle. That is what I think. And I think Elton's going to end up getting paid more. You don't have to do that. You can keep, you know, Yash around at right tackle, put uh, Zach Tom at left tackle or something, however you want to handle it. It doesn't matter. But the, the great thing is you've got $40 million that gets dropped down to... 19 million dollars so you're saving 21.5 million and so that puts our team cap space i think at like 45 million dollars just just with that one thing plus we get some additional draft compensation for next year who knows maybe we can net a first a, you know a low end first or something for them if if you know send them to the chiefs or something you know bengals but imagine if jordan love is the guy for us and we basically have a tackle, and we get additional draft compensation, and we have $45 million to play with in free agency. By the way, he's going to be 34 years old, but you know what would be really funny? You know who's going to be a free agent in 2024? Maybe, unless they sign him back. Micah Hyde. Look, even if he's at the tail end of his career and he doesn't have much left, come on, just go do it, man. That'd be just, that would just be fantastic. Hey, Ryan. Um, listen to the podcast right now, and I just I really hate the NFL terminology. Why are you a rookie and then year two you are a veteran? <laughs> like it's just kind of absurd to me that you just suddenly go to veteran. Like to me, veteran should be like starting year five. Like you're past your rookie deal, year five. Now, now you're a veteran. Yeah. We need something for years two to four. You know, like I would take all like novice or something. I don't. That's not. That's not going to be acceptable because it's going to be like you're looking down at them or something. You know, that's not. That would never fly today. But um. I think, I think we should come up with another term for people in that range, two to four, and then we just start using it, and uh, maybe, maybe everybody else will too. But anyway, go back to Yeah, I think that makes sense. I, I, so we got to think of something, because I think that's the rookie contract is a pretty good barometer or metric for that. And obviously you don't call him a rookie because that's first year only, but... All right, so, I mean, you, you wouldn't say sophomore because that has specific, you know, and you, I mean, I guess because we're talking four years, you could just go straight through, like, the uh, the high school terminology. 
freshman, sophomore, junior, senior, and then veteran? I mean, you could. Let's see what the, uh, the old robot has to say. Now, the robots don't have any good ideas. <laughs> Post-rookie players. Yeah, the rest don't even make sense. You got uh, protégés, ascendants, adepti, disciples, apprentices, neophytes, envoys, initiates, practitioners, and contenders. So I'm going to say if you want to do it, just stick with the freshman, sophomore, junior, senior thing. Or I guess rookie, sophomore, junior, senior, then veteran. But that's all I got. Hey, Packy. Hey. Brandon. Bramble. Uh, listening to... So, there was a few days where you didn't put out a lot of content, and now I'm just getting flooded with hours of content to listen to. So I feel like I'm having to cram just to stay up to date, which I'm not bitching about. Don't get angry at me. I like it. Okay. 99% of what I say on here is bullshit. Um, so, the absolute dumbest thing we've ever heard, Cow heard. Who is that little Leonard Skinner that sits next to him? I can just picture him right now. He's one of those tall, giraffe-looking dudes with the long neck and the outrageously large Adam's apple with glasses and unkept hair. Is that the number of guy? That dude is. Probably has nasty teeth and stuff. Doesn't brush them, but that's what he sounds like. Just a little Leonard Skinny nerd. Um, Joe, the janitor, called on the Colin show that was next. He's going on about the Reese's, and I disagree. The Reese's cups are cups, they're not candy bars. However, the fast break and the outrageous are absolutely delicious. Um, they might even be in my top ten, both of them. Cake um, Pies, those are bomb. Hershey's used to make this white, uh, I forget what it was, they just stopped making it. It was like a white candy bar with like pretzels and like a caramel oh, yeah. flavor. That was phenomenal. Um, of course, your Butterfingers are okay, but to step up from the Butterfinger, go up Fifth Avenue. A little more creamy, a little more flaky. Um, and of course, you can't go wrong with your uh, Heath bars. You know, you take a bite, you suck on them, whatever you can. Um, so yeah, that's cool. Um, that's all I got. Talk to you later. I feel like I'm uh, missing out on some candy bars. I need to just get on Amazon and start ordering up these candy bars and see what they taste like. Because I, have, I haven't even had. What did you say? Well, maybe have I had a fifth animal? No, no, I have not. It does look exactly like a Butterfinger, though, when I'm looking at this little cross section here. Let's see what you're saying. Actually, you know what? No, I'm wrong. This is a, it's a head-to-head Clark Butterfinger and Fifth Avenue. And the one I'm looking at is a Butterfinger. That's why it looks like a Butterfinger. But I guess a Clark bar, is that similar to that too? I haven't had that either. I don't know. I don't know anything about candy, apparently. Hey, back, buddy. Yo. Brandon again. Just listening to Kyle from Madison talk about that fourth down against Detroit. And he's right. That's when the game turned. Um, I think if you go back and look at the game copy of that game, when that decision's being made, I think you can see LaFleur incredulously look at Rodgers and say, that's what you want to do. I don't have the resources to do that or go back and look, but I think if you do go back and look, you will see that. Um, Anyhow, 
Have a good one. Bye. All right, let me see if I can find that because that sounds interesting. Well, I so I found the game. I didn't see that. I, I see right as the decision that the play call is coming in, he's talking. He's not looking at him. He's talking to him into his headset. I can't really read his lips. Doesn't look like the words are, is that what you want to do or whatever, but I'll say this. As I was poking around trying to find um, all these things, Aaron Rodgers started throwing a fit in the first quarter, about halfway through the first quarter. I mean, just screaming and ranting and raving and just absolutely going on a tirade. About halfway through the first quarter, again, I wasn't watching the whole thing. I was just skipping ahead, and I keep seeing these things. But Rodgers is just flying over to the sideline. Um, Matt LaFleur is trying to talk to him. He won't make eye contact. He's just screaming and flailing his hands around. And then on that play, he goes, you know, on the, the time he throws an interception right into Aiden Hutchinson's hands about 10 feet away from David Bakhtiari, who's wide open in the end zone. He's walking to the sideline. Matt LaFleur is trying to talk to him, and he won't make eye contact, won't say a word, and just walk right past him. So, I mean, it sounds like this game was over before it started. Things were not going well. Um, and Roger just he just gave up. And and you know, we've seen this in the past. I remember saying back in 2018 you could tell after the first drive if we were going to win the game or not because the team just gave up. And it was just an attitude thing. And I think in this case, you know, it's it's Aaron Rodgers carries this team and if he's got a garbage attitude and is just screaming with everybody and won't talk to anybody and is flailing around and everything, yeah, nobody's really playing very well. That's just it's you know, it's not to say every single play that happened was his fault, but the attitude and energy of that team is 100% his fault. He is the one that is putting that attitude out there. You know, on that play, we it was first and goal from like the one-yard line, and you had Josh Myers completely blow a block twice. That accounted for two runs that got stuffed, which also A.J. Dillon probably could have got in. He was, it was basically Oklahoma drill with a linebacker, but he went straight backwards because despite us talking about how strong A.J. Dillon is, again, he runs so upright that the power is useless. If he could lower his shoulders, he could have just knocked that linebacker clean into next century and got in for a touchdown, no problem. But we overstate how powerful he is. So he got stuffed by a linebacker. Then you had a run play that Aaron Rodgers checked out of, threw it to Sammy Watkins, who did not run the right way, which, let's be honest, that probably was not going to be a touchdown anyways. I don't know why you checked to Sammy Watkins, but he did. And on that play, David Bakhtiari, who thought it was a run play and was run blocking and blew open a hole on the left side, turns around to Rodgers with his hands up going, what the heck are you doing? To which Rodgers just puts his head down and walks away. And then again, you get the fourth down call, where Rodgers is under duress, bad blocking, heaves a ball, and again, comes up way short, gets back to about the line of scrimmage and gets intercepted. So, I mean, look, the, the whole season was just a complete mess, and I, at the very least, hope that we have some better energy going into uh, these games and a little bit more fortitude. You know, things aren't going your way halfway through the first quarter, you don't freaking give up. That would be my thought. Anyways, why don't we go ahead and take a quick break? Uh, patreon.com forward slash pack underscore daddy please check the pinned tweet to support uh, the GoFundMe that we are supporting we will take a break we'll be right back hey US Cellular customers I've got good news so don't hit skip forward just yet I'm talking about their special customer event Us Days what's Us Days? it means exclusive offers just for their customers just to say thanks like up to $1200 to upgrade to any new phone no I didn't just misread that that's up to $1200 off They must really like you. Us Days at U.S. Cellular. Exclusive offers just for you, just to say thanks. 
Right now, U.S. Cellular customers get up to $1,200 to upgrade to any new phone. Terms apply. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle, a run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Introducing Royal Caribbean's newest ship, Icon of the Seas, the ultimate family vacation. The ultimate six slides, eight neighborhoods, zero compromise vacation. The ultimate never done that, can't wait to do it vacation. The ultimate chillin' by a different pool every day of the week vacation. This is the icon of vacations. Icon of the seas. Arriving in 2024. Book today. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry Bahamas. Hey, Ryan. Jen California. I was listening to you on um, Clayton's podcast with Jacob, and you are talking about... Uh, the Chiefs game and, you know, things that people don't really look at and you have to kind of piece it all together with things that Aaron Rodgers has said on Pat McAfee. And I've made this point before, but I'll go ahead and say it again, right? With the whole blitzing Jordan Love, the whole thing about that game and the offense of 2022, 2021, 2020 is, it's a lot of Rodgers and a lot of hybrid offense mixed in, right? So as, you know, 2019, as it started to progress, we saw less motion, right? And something that Aaron Rodgers has said on the Pat McAfee is there's not a lot of uh, pass protection adjustments built into the offense because it's a lot of determined reads, and a lot of it is, schematically set up to where it's going to stop pressure and stuff like that, right? And it's cool when it when it works, but sometimes you need that built-in adjustment. So that those are Rogers' complaints about this offense because of just the lack of adjustability when it comes to the pass protection. Well, you look at like games like the Chiefs game, you know, you're not you're you could see what the problem is on like certain times with the pass protection where and perfect person to listen to uh, was J.T. O'Sullivan because he really illustrated with the pass protection and the conflicts with the offense when you're trying to blend the two. And I think a more pure Malafleur offense will fix a lot of the pass protection problems that we've seen on those kind of blitz games because I think, you know, just all of a sudden you'd have a team that would just blitz like crazy that was really good at it, like Tampa Bay and the 40, uh, not the 49ers. 49ers had a pass rush, but the Chiefs game, right? Um, you know, you have, you know, you just have these things where it just falls apart. So 
I think we'll have the answers just being more pure with the offense and having the misdirection built in. So that's all I got. Go back, go. Yeah, I mean, and that really is a big part of the point of all that. You, you, you can't identify what the team is about to do. And, you know, I mean, I'm sure many of us have played Madden a time or two. Certainly been a long time for me, but um, I definitely know that as much as, you know, that whole engage eight was fun to run, you can't run it every play or you're, you're not going to go very far. In other words, it's not just the perfect play that eliminates everything. You know, blitzing is a very dangerous thing. It's it's a high-risk, high-reward type of thing. And that's not just contingent on the quarterback. In fact, it's it's not necessarily even the right thing to do just on a generic run play. you got everybody focus on, uh, you know, penetrating into the backfield as opposed to being, a, a you know, gap sound. And this offensive line is going to be able to get downfield and start blocking, and there's going to be some big runs. You know, there's 11 guys on the offense, and if you send six guys tell them to all be focused on just the quarterback it's it's a really dangerous thing to do but yeah i mean it, it's it's an offense that's built to look like we're running the ball and then just a lot of the time not run the ball now if he's really poor under pressure you're still going to see uh, an elevation of pressures because you're just better off that way from for the defense that is so there still has to be an element of you know making them pay for doing that but, you know, I mean, it's like I said before, it's not just blitzing. It's, it's everything. The defense is going to find ways to attack you that make you uncomfortable and make you not good at your job. And no matter what that is, whether it's an extra man, an extra two men, or just different coverages or whatever, you have to find a way to beat it. So that no matter what you do, I'm going to punish you for doing it. And if there's ever a time when I can't beat this thing, that's what they're going to keep doing. But yeah, hopefully that does help. Um, and, and just... A lack of complexity. You know, Rodgers liked to be able to control things because he could read things and say, I think they're going to do this, so this is the right thing. We're going to change the blocking scheme. We're going to change the routes. We're going to change the play. But that also makes it harder on everybody else. And so, you know, Rodgers liked to talk about simplifying and how that was going to fix everything. Well, I think that's exactly what's going to happen this year. They're going to simplify because I think there's going to be a lot less of that. Not not none of that. Just still Jordan Love's job to be able to make adjustments. But I don't think you're going to see as much of it. Hey, y'all. Uh, this is Dakota, that nerd in Tennessee. And um, now that Discord exists, I'm, I'm kind of just confused as to what I should put on the Discord and what I should call in. But I do actually have a football-related question. Do you like the um, ambiance? And uh, this is about the time we just got the news about 15 minutes ago about Adrian Amos going to the Jets, <laughs> which is funny. Um, I'm sorry to the Adrian Amos people out there. Uh he is now on the dark side. Uh, but my question, um, so there was just a video released on Twitter from Minicamp um, that uh, showed one of the quarterbacks actually did not look, but uh, throwing to Samari Toure. Now, Toure was running. You know, he was running his little route to the, to the sidelines, and um, you could see in the background the quarterback throws the ball before Toure even reaches the point at which he looks back to try to find the ball. So the ball is out of the, it's in the air before he looks back. Toure is able to find the ball and catch it. Now, you can see him track it as coming to him, so his eyes are plastered to it, which, uh, you know, he probably should work on, I don't know, misleading corners. I don't know how that works. But either way, uh, he, uh, you know, showed signs that he can track the ball and hopefully he can do so in a game too. So we had somebody on one of my little private Twitter 
Oh no! Oh, shoot. okay. Uh, I'm getting a call from my boss. Um, <laughs> I, I'll I'll call back. I guess. All right. Yep. We'll let you call back. First of all, I just wanted the call from Dakota to sound much more dramatic, so I added the music, and it was not. It was not a video game in the background. And uh, how freaking dare you even suggest that that might be what it is? I am a professional. And I like to add background music to calls for dramatic effect, okay? But since you're complaining about it, I'll, I will not have that music this time as Dakota calls back. Hey, it's Dakota again. Hey. I don't know why things keep popping up when I'm calling. You know, am I dying coughing or it, it, my boss calls me or I get locked out of the car? I don't know. <laughs> I'm always having to interrupt my own call and call back. I'm sorry for that. Anyway... Uh, so, Toure tracks the ball, catches it pretty well, um, and some guy on a little, whatever they're called, uh, the private message chat thing on Twitter that I'm part of, uh, says, would you put Toure over Reed? Man, you know, that just kind of made me go, well, shoot, no, why, why would we do that? So then I, you know, decided I'd explain my reasoning is, no, because Reed has significantly more talent and potential. Then two Ray does. Um, you know, he has, ooh, uh, there's a guy mowing right here. Please don't run into the road. <laughs> there you go. Okay. Uh, yeah, so I said Reed has much more potential. Uh, obviously, two Ray can, can track the ball, but can he get open against, um, I guess, NFL corners? And so that bring, brings me to this question. If you had a list, of attributes that would belong to a wide receiver that you believe would lead to a successful wide receiver, right? So there's obviously tracking the ball, there's weight hands, there's uh, what's the other thing? Getting open, and there's a bunch of different ways of getting open, but getting open as a whole, you know. What would be your list of uh, attributes you would look in, maybe a new wide receiver that you would like to groom into a good quality wide receiver? All right, that's it. Peace. Well, that is a tough question. For just trying to think of a list, and no matter what it is, there's going to be coaches and whatnot listening that are going to call me an idiot, but, I mean, I'd have to put route running at the top. I don't think you have elite wide receivers that aren't good route runners, at least not many. Devontae Adams, um, you think about Justin Jefferson, you think, you know, whatever. I can't think of, uh, what is his name? Allen. Allen? Chargers? Keenan Allen. Took me a while. But route running, second, I would probably just put, I, I, and you can, you know, again, you broke it down into several things, but I would just put hands. Not a lot of great wide receivers have questionable hands. Some do. Right? Some of them you wouldn't really classify as elite route runners either, but just confident. Also physical, right, which you could put in your in another category too. But it, it's just, I, I guess it's sort of a my ball mentality. No matter where you put the ball, no matter who's near them, I'm going to be the one that catches that ball. Those are... I guess I'll say my two favorite things. Then you can start adding, you know, the the physical elements, the speed, the size. Um, I think intelligence should be on that list, but intelligence really is just sort of an aid. I don't really care how intelligent you are. I care about how good you are. I just think intelligence is going to help you get there in terms of knowing the right thing to do in the right moment. I don't know. I could ask the robot for a list of of attributes because I'm sure I'm just not thinking of them and then try to sort them. But yeah, find find me the good route runner. That's got good hands, and if you can add in some speed, I'm I'm really going to like him. Which, by the way, that's probably why I really like Jaden Reed. 
He's a really smooth route runner. He's got confident hands, smooth catcher, and has got speed. And yards after the catch is not always one of my favorite things. I mean, it's obviously great, but in terms of, you know, probably higher on a lot of people's list than mine, but he's also got that. Hey, Ryan, Daniel from California. Howdy. I was just thinking about what you were talking about with Clayton, about all the personalities of the coaches and what they say when they're at the podium describing a guy that they have on their team. And, you know, we all knew that the old pass rush coach was, oh, my guys are the best guys in the world. And Jerry Montgomery was like, oh, these guys got a lot of work to do, right? Yep. Well, I want to just bring up a point because I know we've been getting a lot of Samori Ture hype. Um, and we got to remember the coach, Brable, he was doing the same thing with uh, – Amari Rogers last year. He's one of those guys that are going to pump up his guys. So, you know, I know that a lot of people are saying, like, oh, you know, he's got a chance to be the number three receiver. It's like, I don't know. You know, the, the coach has a lot of optimism, and he's like, you know, he's like, you know, this guy has what it takes to be a number one. Well, uh, well, I don't think he specifically said that, but he said that about Amari Rogers. So just, you know, take his Amari, uh, take his Amari Turi uh, comments with a grain of salt because he's one of those kind of guys that, like, talks big about his guys. So just uh, don't buy into the hype. Just, you know, keep your expectations, you know, at a safe level. And then if he outperforms, Heck yeah, we would love to see him be a number two and, you know, maybe, you know, he could, you know, develop into a number two possibly, number three, if he can do something like that, that'd be great. If he can, you know, you know, defy the odds and become a number one eventually, that'd be cool too, but, you know, just keep uh, expectations at a reasonable level. That's all I got. Go back, go. Yeah, and, and, you know, again, I'm not trying to be a Samori Ture hater. I hope that he can emerge into something. But, again, I'm just going based off the information I have. He is a six foot one, 191-pound receiver who was drafted in the seventh round who got 82 yards and a touchdown and was one of the lowest-graded receivers in the entire NFL. So, right, when, when, when I say or you say or anyone else says, you know, I, I based on the information would be, uh, I, I think it would be a little silly to expect really anything from this. You know what I mean? I mean, there's there's nothing here to work with. I know he got a touchdown. I, I, I read that. But I, I just, you know, you take this information, you plug it into the supercomputer and ask the odds that he becomes a premier wide receiver and i have to assume that what comes out of the computer is somewhere pretty close to zero percent closer to zero than one percent would be my guess impossible no do i hope that he becomes something yeah i hope he's the best wide receiver in all of human history but there there's no reason for optimism in my opinion none oh geez <sighs> all right nate here we go well, you know what? Justin Jones can go f himself with a fucking barbed wire though covered in f***ies and salt. F*** you, you f***ing piece of sh Go f*** yourself in f***ing Illinois, you f***ing losing Yeah. <laughs> Tell you what, the temptation to end on that is strong. I think I'm going to. Anyways, you guys have a good rest of your day. I will talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one. Bye-bye.